Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. The other thing the Ford government's been active on is this uh, whole thing of banning ads when it comes to vaping because it's been determined that vaping products uh, have been misused and, uh, well, in the States, what are they got? Close to 900 lung injury cases reported, 13 deaths. Now, I know that some of that is because it involves THC and so on and so forth and uh, people tricking up their devices, but still, in this province, they've decided come Jan 1, there's going to be a ban on the promotion of vaping products in convenience stores and gas stations. Now, there may be also uh, litigation awaiting because if it were to see it in any way analogous to tobacco... Who knows what can transpire as a consequence? To that end, we've got our personal injury lawyer friend, Nanish Kotak, the founder of Kotak Personal Injury Law, joining us here on The Oakley Show. Nanish, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you, John. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. Do you think uh, in the case, uh, vaping hasn't been around or as uh, you know broad in scope as tobacco, but uh, could there be lawsuits as a result of injuries or illnesses because of using these devices? I think so, and I, I, my understanding is that a class action lawsuit was already filed in BC. It may be premature for this. You know, you you do need the right research and the expert evidence to to directly relate uh, vaping and vaping products to uh, to illnesses such as lung disease or cancer. You know, you look back in time with the tobacco industry in the 1950s. Research was coming out that smoking smoking cigarettes is causing lung disease, and later on, the research expanded that to uh, to uh, cancer. The first lawsuits were all in favor of the tobacco industry because they just wouldn't accept the research. It wasn't enough, wasn't enough. Finally, in the 1990s, you started seeing big awards and, and settlements against the tobacco industry. I think things will move a little quicker here. It really all depends on, on the research. But uh, certainly, John, I, I think down the road you're going to see litigation. You're going to see it against probably uh, uh, manufacturers and distributors and even regulators if, if, if they, it turns out that... Uh, warnings were not heated in, in terms of regulation. So you're drawing a direct parallel to the tobacco experience? I, I, I think one, one needs to do that. Um, and, and let's think about how vaping really began. Uh, you know, it, it's, it really started as, as, as a, in a good way to, to help uh, with the ceasing of, uh, of smoking. Um, but later on is now blossoming into a very, very lucrative, lucrative industry. Um, you know, I mean, I'm looking at stats. They say they say one in five uh, kids in high school. I don't know how they verify that is smoking vape. You know, is is, is using vapes, and it probably is correct. Maybe, maybe even uh, more. You know, and there is regulation, John. You know, there is federal and provincial regulation. We have the Tobacco and Vaping Products Act, which is federal, and it prohibits. It does prohibit. You know, advertising to young to young people. They don't really define what type of advertising that would be, whether it's flavors or what have you. And we had the Smoke Free Ontario Act, which which um, was put into place, I believe, you know, about a year ago in terms of amendments to it, which did, in fact, permit in Ontario the, the, the promotion or advertising of vaping products in, in non-vaping stores, such as gas stations or, or uh, um, convenience stores. And you'd have these big towers with, you know, vapes on them. And, 
and I guess you know over time there's a, there was a bit of an outcry about this that look you know clearly this is actually who's going into these stores it, it, it's 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 young people and I think you know it, it made a lot of sense we're one of the I think there's two other provinces that don't have that don't have legislation banning the that type of advertising inconvenience towards the gas stations we've joined the club where now we're going to do that January 1st I think it's a step in the right direction but again, you know, there are many people who say that look, vaping really helps. It helps, you know, in terms of calming their anxiety. It helps uh, uh, stopping them smoking. So there's, you know, obviously two sides to, to the whole thing. Um, but I, I, I do think if, if down the road uh, um, causation is, is it can be established that that uh, vaping, um, uh, whether it's through the through the, the product itself or through the, the vape itself or overheating, is causing uh, uh, damage to people, I think you will see lit- litigation surrounding it. Okay, uh, but the point I think you're making is there's still not enough research to validate this claim. That that's my view. I mean, look, you know, we see the stats. Okay, I think you mentioned 900. I thought it was around just around 600 people who have been injured in the United States. Which 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 you know, whoever it is some people are trying to attribute it to to vaping. You, you've got uh, I think it's our 19 deaths, and we had a case in London, Ontario, and I think there's one out in fact in the East Coast. The young woman who who went on the news and speaking about her experience, and they may well be related, but it takes a lot more than just okay. Well, I I, I vaped and now I have this. The, and unfortunately, that you know it requires science to be involved and literature and and, and expert uh, uh, evidence. But uh, you know it seems to be heading in, in certainly in that direction. Again, with Nanish Kotak, lawyer and founder of Kotak Personal Injury Law. When it comes to vaping, the government having decided here in Ontario, come Jan 1, there's a ban on advertising in convenience stores and gas stations, not in government-regulated stores, however. Uh, Nanish, let me ask you, I mean, when customers uh, are not given adequate warning as to the detrimental effects, is that on, say, Health Canada uh, who might regulate this, or is it on the producers and the people who are actually, you know, behind the product itself? Well, you know, first you'd, you'd look at the producer and, and the distributors. As, you know, they're the ones producing the product. They're selling it, and they, they ought to uh, be aware of dangers and warn people accordingly. I, I suppose it could be stretched um, to uh, governmental agencies if, if they didn't act, if they had information or should have had information, didn't act on it fast enough by requiring uh, labeling as they did with with tobacco products, one could see the uh, potential liability on um, on regulators as well. I see it being first and foremost on, on the distributors and, and the manufacturers. All right, uh, because these vaping devices are regulated under the Canada Consumer Product Safety Act, right? Yes, there, well, there's two acts that are involved. That's one, and the Tobacco uh, Products and Vaping Act is another. And there have been actual consultations with, uh, on the federal level, I think it ended in September, which really is looking at let's let's combine the legislation, put it all together. Um, right now, they separated um, based on whether or not the the, the 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 distributor or the manufacturer is saying it's a, it can help your health. So I think ultimately you're going to see some joint federal legislation to to group it all uh, under one and have labeling um, and, and warnings, etc. I, I do see that that is something that that will probably happen uh, in the not so distant future. You know, it's not like the 1950s where you know back then the judges will be smoking in the court in the courtroom when the case is being heard. Right? right. It's very different. Uh, you know, in terms of social consciousness now and and with social media, I think I think things will move pretty quickly in terms of regulation and in terms of down the road in terms of uh, perhaps successful litigation. But it, it all depends on the research. And it all depends on whether, in fact, you can you can tie in vaping to to health hazards. Well, does vaping impact insurance coverage? 
Um, you know, it's an interesting question. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I think, you know, uh, maybe the questionnaire that is being asked, I haven't bought insurance in a while, that may, maybe it is uh, being asked, uh, usually asked, if you, do you use tobacco products, do you smoke? Well, you know, I mean, there is uh, tobacco products and nicotine certainly in, in, in the vapes. So it may well, it, it, you know, you might be considered to be a smoker. I guess it really depends on, on whether the insurance companies are, are, are quick enough to, to add those questions in, uh, to, to their questionnaire when they're going to insure somebody. Yeah, because if somebody uh, determines they've not been able to work or uh, whatever else, they might incur medical costs as a result of vaping. I'm just wondering to what extent would insurance cover that, decline to cover? Uh, who makes that determination right. that it was attributable well, to vaping? Yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. You know, if, if for example, if it's a disability claim, it really doesn't matter what the cause is. Uh, you know, if you're disabled and you can't work, whether it's through, uh, you know, a physical illness or whether it's through vaping. The other thing to look at is, you know, uh, uh, reality is uh, there's medical uh, marijuana and, and uh, medicinal vaping as well. You know, people do vape uh, uh, to calm their anxiety. And I suppose another question would be, could that, could the expense of the vape, uh, you know, the, uh, when, you're, when you're using it to, to deal with anxiety, could that be, in fact be covered by your insurance? And it may well, you know, if, 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 it's, if it's prescribed. All right. Uh, well, we've covered off that. Uh, it's good to know, and I appreciate your expertise in this matter because, you know, this is one of those things. It's uh, relatively new, at least from where I sit, and uh, the implications uh, may be broader and further down the road, as you pointed out earlier. Uh, so we'll take that as a cautionary tale. Nanish, good to talk. Thank you very much. Take care. You got it. Nanish Kotak, lawyer and founder of Kotak Personal Injury Laws. So again, just to recap, the government has decided to ban the promotion of vaping products in convenience stores and gas stations starting January 1st, 2020. And, uh, well, of course, they're going to allow that in government-regulated stores. However, uh, we did have the minister, uh, Christine Elliott, who was uh, making the rounds in the media today and uh, talking about the need for this ban and so on and so forth. She also responds to criticism by the NDP's health minister. Here is the response to this this move from you, from the NDP health critic, Franz Jelena, this morning. Last year, the Ford government made the reckless and irresponsible decision to loosen regulations and allow vaping companies to advertise their products, including locations where they would be seen by children. They are finally acknowledging that was a huge mistake, However, there is much more to do. The Cancer Society, doctors, and public health experts have been calling for a ban on flavored vapes designed to entice young customers, limiting the amount of nicotine vape marketers can put in their product, and limiting the sales to specialty stores. That is the response from the NDP, the Ontario NDP health critic, Franz Jelena. On the line, Christine Elliott, Ontario's health minister, your reaction to that minister? Well, I would say that at the time that the decision was made with respect to allowing the advertising, we did not know about the huge increase that we are going to see in vaping. And we now know that the advertising plays some part in enticing young people to um, to start vaping. And then some people are moving from vaping to smoking, which is not the direction that we want to see Ontario um, headed in. So um, I would say that you can always second-guess your decisions later on, but we did not have this information at that time, but we do now, and we are taking action. 
With respect to uh, Ms. Jelena's concerns uh, related to uh, flavored vapes, we are continuing our consultations. Uh, we have had consultations with a number of organizations that are knowledgeable about the use of flavored vapes, the Cancer Society, Heart and Stroke, and others. And we want to also have a, a consultation with young people, with parents, and with teachers, and, uh, and, and understand exactly what's happening on Ontario. All right. Christine Elliott with Alan Carter earlier today at Global News Radio 640 Toronto in uh, response to the criticisms from the NDP's health uh, critic, Franz Jelena. Now, it's interesting because, again, uh, the government has kind of backtracked, if you will, and uh, relented that, uh, yeah, this may not be the best idea allowing for the advertising, the unbridled advertising of said product, and uh, here you go. She said, uh, we are second-guessing our decision. Nothing wrong with walking it back. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.